today's episode, we're looking at a blog versus a podcast, which is better for your small business marketing. Hello and welcome to the Success Unscrambled podcast. This is Alvern, and my focus is to help 1,000 creative female entrepreneurs over the next 10 years become more visible using simplified and fun marketing programs so that they can scale their business quickly, donate 1% of their profits, time, and resources to help reduce women illiteracy, eventually gaining the time and freedom they need with their loved ones. Are you ready? So you are at that stage where you're looking at a blog versus a podcast strategy to implement for your small business marketing needs. You know that blogging has been around for many years and it is possible that this method is saturated. Podcasting, on the other hand, continues to be the new kid on the block. It appears to be getting more popular and seems to offer more versatility. However, you're not sure which one is easier to produce. At this point, you would like answers to the following questions. Between the two mediums, which one is easier to get started? What is the cost to start a podcast compared to a blog? Is there an established methodology to go from zero to 1,000 visitors a month on a blog compared to getting 1,000 listeners on a podcast? How to get the 10 to 20 blog posts written compared to podcast episodes recorded? And which one will take longer? Which option would be more suitable for your target market? In this episode, you'll learn how to choose between a blog versus a podcast for your business, the process involved in getting started, and how to get your listeners to your podcast and readers to your blog. So before we get into it, let's look at the definitions. In order to help you choose between these two mediums, let's first look at what they are in their presentation format. A blog, obviously, is a written form of content that ranges between 300 to 10,000 words in length. The reason why there's such a wide range in length of a blog post is because it depends on the type of post as well as the reason it is it was written. Blogs are normally used to build authority and grow a following. When it comes to a blog content, it is normally educational or entertaining in nature. When looking at a definition of a podcast, it is an audio form of content ranging in length from seven minutes up to two hours. Again, the reason why there's such a wide range is because some podcast episodes are full-on performances. So they have, for example, some podcasts are a performance of a comedy show, or it might be a performance of some sort of a mystery or, you know, one of those actual programs, like an actual full-on performance with different characters playing their roles. So if you want to know the average length, then it is between 30 to 30 to 60 minutes in length. Podcasts can also be used to build authority and grow an audience. The way each one is consumed can vary differently. One major reason why people listen to podcasts is to learn something new. So when it comes to a blog versus a podcast, let's look at the statistics right out in the open. A key way to figure out which content marketing medium is right for your business is to first look at the statistics behind each one. And I have to stress this, a blog and a podcast, both of them are a form of content marketing. What you're marketing to your audience is the content that you produce. So when you're looking at both of them, if you're looking for a content marketing solution, then you look at a blog and a pod or a podcast. If you're not looking for that, then you're looking for something totally different. It will make sense for me to spend time looking at the statistics of each one individually to help you gain a frame of reference. First, podcast statistics. At the time of producing this episode, there are over 48 million podcast episodes in existence. These came from over 2 million podcast shows. So 2 million actual podcasts. So some 
producers have more than one podcast. Like, for example, I have one podcast show. I can have 10 podcast shows. So I can't say that 2 million podcasters per se because some podcasters have more than one podcast show to suit different types of audiences. So there are 2 million podcast shows. In case you don't understand the difference, a show has several uh, episodes attached to it. So I have close to 200 episodes on my one show. Two years ago, there were only 525,000 shows with 18.5 million episodes. So the number of podcast shows have quadrupled in number. According to Podcast Insights, 50% of all homes in the USA are podcast fans, which represents 60 million homes in total. At least 155 million people in the US said that they listened to a podcast. Of the total number of podcast listeners, 41 sorry, 51% are male, 63% of listeners are white, 45% have a household income above $75,000 a year. In terms of devices used to listen to a podcast, Yin Ling at Orbello states that 65% of listeners use a smartphone or a tablet to engage with podcasts. When it comes to advertising revenue, podcast ad revenue is expected to surpass $1 billion in revenue this year. Let's look at the blogging statistics. There are currently over 600 million blogs on the internet today. I know that figure sounds really, really small when you compare to the amount of podcast shows. I mean, there are 2 million podcast shows and six, well, I suppose it's not that small. 600 million blogs, 2 million podcast shows and 32 million bloggers alone in the US. Hmm, interesting. Already, you are starting to see the vast differences between blogs and podcasts. The current rate of newly created blog posts stands at 70 million new posts a month. 60% of consumers find blogs very valuable in early stages of their buying process. Bloggers that publish 16 posts a month receive 3.5 times more visitors compared to those who publish less. 97% of bloggers use social media to promote their posts. 36% of readers prefer blog posts that are list-based. This is according to Optin Monster. Every month, over 409 million people view 20 billion blog posts. So who is your audience? Before choosing a content marketing strategy, it's important to to get really clear on who is your target audience. The reason for this is that if you know that person really well, you'll be able to produce content to suit their needs. Another aspect of knowing your audience is understanding why they need your content. A great way to understand your audience is to create an ideal avatar. Here's a list of questions to get really intimate glimpse of who your audience is. In case you need access to these questions, you can head over to the show notes, successunscrambled.com forward slash EP192. That's successunscrambled.com forward slash EP192. So the questions are, one, age, gender, where, where do they live, country or city? Do they live in a house or an apartment? What neighborhood they live in? What does it look like? What are their daily, weekly, monthly or annual challenges? Outline their biggest needs. The kind of problems they are trying to solve personally and financially. Their deepest desires and dreams for them and their family. In terms of their biggest fears, what are they? Do you get their short-term and long-term goals? Any idea of their good and bad habits? What gets them excited? What is the stuff that annoys them? What are their passion projects? Where do they spend most of their time online? List the kind of items they spend their money on when they get paid. What type of podcast do they listen to? 
which software or apps do they use? As you can see, the process of mapping out your ideal client avatar can be very comprehensive, but definitely worth it. After getting really clear on who your ideal client is and giving them a name, it is time to look at their journey. By their journey, I mean understanding the steps they take to make a purchase. As you can imagine, people don't normally wake up one morning and decide to purchase a car. Of course, there are impulse purchases for small items like food, clothes and gadgets. However, for larger items like buying a car, house or investing in education, this takes time. What does your ideal client buyer journey look like? Do you know the steps they take before making a decision? To help you answer this question, let's first look at the stages of a buyer's journey. So you've got awareness, interest, consideration, conversion, and retention. As you can hear, a typical buyer needs to come become aware of your brand first, become interested in it, and then add your brand to a short list of options at the consideration stage. Notice here how blogs and podcasts are both involved at the interest stage. So if you have a chance, you can head over to the show notes, successunscramble.com forward slash EP192. You get access to the image showing you the buyer's journey and what sort of content you use at awareness stage compared to interest, consideration, conversion, and retention. Here's a question for you. Do you have the other elements of the buying cycle ready in your business? In many cases, it is so easy to focus on looking at a blog versus a blog or podcast comparison when the bigger picture hasn't been considered. So now we're going to look at how to start a blog. Now that you know what a blog is, as well as who your potential ideal client will be, let's look at the creation process. When it comes to starting a blog and maintaining it, there are a lot of things to consider. In order to start a blog, you'll need the following. A blogging platform, it could be free, it could be self-hosted, a hosting provider if you decide to host your blog, your domain name, your WordPress theme if you're using WordPress, the first five pages, your homepage, your about page, terms and conditions, privacy policy and contact us, your blogging topics, and a consistent blogging schedule. Of course, starting a blog is not going to be free. You'll need to invest time and resources to get things going. If you're wondering what the blogging expenses would look like for the first year, here's a summary. Your domain name is about $10 a year. Web hosting is about $5.95 a month with SiteGround. Your WordPress theme is about $69 a year. Email marketing is $29 a month if you decide to set up your email marketing straight away, which I advise you to do. Your landing pages would be about $49 a year if you're using Elementor. Again, I've left an extensive uh list of information and pricing and the actual providers in the show notes, head over to successunscramble.com forward slash EP192 to get access to that. There are, of course, cheaper options available for email marketing, but they do not give you the sophisticated features that come with ConvertKit as standard. You can also look at these out of five low-cost email service providers. I've left a link in the show notes. Would you like to get a step-by-step -step starting a blog guide in 10 days or less? you can enroll in my 10-day blog challenge. I've left a link in the show notes. It's absolutely free. All right, so let's look at how to start a podcast. If the blog creation process doesn't look right for you, you're wondering how to get started with podcasting, then let's look at it briefly. The process involved in starting a podcast can be more challenging for some people. In order to start a podcast, you'll need the following items. A hosting provider, a domain name, uh, two to three pages, so your homepage, about page, and contact us page, your topics for your podcast episodes, 
a podcasting mic or your Apple AirPods, if you have those, a digital audio workstation or DAW door. This could be something like Anchor FM, Ali2. There are several of them available. I've left uh, information on that in the show notes. Your audio editing software. So once you finish recording the audio for your podcast, you need to edit it, edit out all the mistakes, um, take out all the noise in the background if there's any, and you know, tidy it up a bit if you need to. But, but then it depends on what you decide is uh, good to go to the public. That is something that you need to, to consider. An audio leveler to adjust the song levels of your audio. So if you're doing podcast interviews, the person on the other side wouldn't be using the same equipment that you do. So they might have a differential between your audio and that person's audio. So you might need something called an audio leveler to, and plus the intro music and the background music and everything else to level out all the sound throughout the audio that you produce. And you need to create audiograms. So you need something for that as well. As you can imagine, starting a podcast is not going to be free. So let's look at the expenses that you can incur when you become a podcaster. Your hosting provider is 20 bucks a month, which you can do through Blueberry. Your domain name is 10 bucks a year. Your podcast mic can range from your Apple AirPods to a Rode podcast mic, which can be between 100 bucks to 200 bucks as a one-off cost. Your door or your digital audio workstation can be free using Anchor FM or one of the others, ranging up to 28 bucks a month, like Resonate or Ali2. You can also be using for audio editing, you can use what I use is Filmora, but there are others out there like Descript and Many's Ali2, all of them out there that you can use for audio editing. They can charge you a one-off charge or 28 bucks a month. An audio leveler, you can use it for free. I use Orphonic and it's really good. Again, I've left all this information in the show notes. Head over to successunscramble.com forward slash EP192 to get access to all of this information. And then audiograms, you can get that done for free as well using the headliner or you can be charged about 28 bucks, 25 bucks a month actually if you're going to use um, podcaster.io. Okay, it's a book out at 746 bucks a year or uh, for your first year, or 646 bucks a year for your second year, compared to blogging, which is 547 bucks a year, um, which, you know, as you can see, is not a huge difference between the two. So three years ago, when I started my podcast, there were not a lot of options in the market when it comes to podcasting equipment. However, as you can see, there are a ton of options available for new podcasters. Many people will advise you to use Audacity or, or, or Adobe Auditions for your door, and podcast editing. But I can tell you from my experience, Adobe Auditions is costly and has a steep learning curve if you want to become a sound technician. I've tried Audacity on several occasions on my MacBook and has been not been great at all. I've sort of abandoned that. If you would like a step-by-step guide on how to start a podcast, then check out the resource. I've left a link in the show notes. Head over to successandscramble.com forward slash EP192. Everybody and their relatives rec- recommend Libsyn as the best podcast host, but you need to check out my, um, I suppose, review comparing Libsyn versus Blueberry uh, and see which one would suit you better. Just don't take everybody's word for it. Just check out the reviews before making that decision. How to get your first 1,000 blog readers. One of the most difficult things to do after starting a blog is getting readers to know it exists. In fact, building a following can be quite a challenge if you don't know where to begin. Part of the process when building out a client avatar is understanding how they consume 
content, knowing which two to three platforms they hang out will help you to formulate a promotion plan. You need to divide your strategy into three different areas as follows. Short-term, medium-term, and long-term. Short-term. In order to get readers to your blog instantly or within a period of a few weeks, there are two methods. You can use paid traffic from Facebook or Google Ads. Using Pinterest to promote your content is the next best way together with social media marketing, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Just a quick note on paid traffic. Normally, we would not advise you to use paid traffic to promote your blog posts unless it's something very, very specific because you would not get a return on investment because a blog post in its real sense would have too many, I suppose, distractions or leaks in your funnel. So it's not advisable to use paid traffic, but if you need to, then go right ahead and do it. Next way is the medium term. Looking at medium term methods, you'll, you'll have to consider a combination of three to four methods. While social media marketing still falls into the category of medium term, adding search engine optimization to the mix will help. Guest blogging has also proven to be an effective strategy when it comes to getting your content in front of other people's audiences. Next up, we've got long-term. When considering a long-term strategy for your blog marketing, continuing to use social media marketing and Pinterest marketing should be included and continue to build out your SEO efforts and adding in some public relations outreach will really take your blog to new places. So that's it for um, blog readers, getting your first 1,000 blog readers to your blog. Now let's look at how to get your first 1,000 podcast downloads. As I mentioned at the start of this resource, podcasting is fairly still fairly new when compared to blogging. There are a number of marketing strategies that you can implement to get more listeners. Guest podcasting is one of them on the list. These include becoming a guest on other people's podcasts. And before you give me a list of excuses why no one will interview you, here's a list of places looking for podcast guests. You can go to matchmaker.fm, the Boss Mom Facebook group. Gold Diggers Podcast Insiders Facebook group. Podseeker would also help you assist um, with podcast outreach. Other great ways to promote your show include marketing it across social media platforms like Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and obviously LinkedIn. Promoting it on Pinterest using Tailwind to automate the pinning process is another strategy. Creating audiograms to help you with social media promotion, you can use Headliner to create audiograms. Another way is podcast advertising. Remember that you can also use paid promotion channels to advertise your show as well. Unlike blog posts, advertising, using paid advertising to advertise uh, podcast episodes works quite differently. Here's a, play, a list of places to advertise your show. Podcast Addict, Google Ads, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Spotify, Podnews. It is important to have a marketing budget set aside to run paid promotions. Doing this will help you drive interest to your brand and paid products and services faster. So what are the pros and cons of blogging? At this stage, so much information has been covered or was covered on this particular episode when it comes to blogging that a short summary covering the pros and cons will help you decide. There may also be some things that you may not have considered when it comes to blogging. Let's look at the cons or the disadvantages first. To be successful at blogging, you'll need to produce content on a regular basis. Research is something that would be key to your blogging success. If you don't like research, then blogging isn't for you. It takes a minimum of six hours to produce a well-structured 
well-formatted, um, value-based blog posts. SEO, search engine optimization, brings the best growth results for bloggers. Getting good quality backlinks can be very challenging. A good PR outreach campaign is needed to grow your domain authority. So if you don't like doing PR outreach, well, actually it applies to both uh, podcasting and blogs, but if you don't like doing it, um, you can decide if you don't want to do this or not. It's a disadvantage, but it, you know, it's as well as an advantage. Choosing a self-hosted blog is the best, mo- best for monetization of your exits or an exit strategy. Blogging is a competitive or is competitive, very competitive for when compared to podcasting. So choose your niche wisely. What are the advantages? You can use blogging to build your authority in a niche. A blog is a valuable asset that you can sell on for big bucks and you can even pass on to your children. Successful blogs can be a great source of passive income. Outsourcing the writing and researching is a common practice. So if you don't like research and writing, then you can outsource that as well. Choosing the fastest growing blog type can help you to become successful in 12 months or less. There's no need to be get to be great at writing to become a blogger. Uh, it's easier to create or to generate leads compared to podcasting if you do blog. And monetizing your blog can be easy after generating traffic when you compare to um, your podcast. You need to get a minimum like of I don't know maybe say ten thousand downloads a month with podcasts, whereas you may not need to do that with uh, blogs because you know you can start generating income quite easily without having to get that level of traffic. Now that you have a fair idea of the, of the good, the bad, and the ugly when it comes to blogging, let's move on to podcasting. So the pros and cons of podcasting. While podcasting may not require many things that you'll need for blogging, there are still some essential must-dos to keep in mind. Depending on your chosen route for either a blog or a podcast, there's a bit of a learning curve and some technical aptitude required. The disadvantages of podcasting. A podcast hosting service is required to store your audio files. Having a good DAW, which is a digital audio workstation for recording, will save you a lot of time in post-production. Post-production can take a long time if the recording isn't good. Podcast promotion does require reaching out to other podcasters. If you don't like reaching out to people, podcasting may not be for you. You'll need to interview celebrities to gain traction fast. If, if gaining traction fast is not something that you need, then you can still go ahead and do podcasting and build it slowly. It takes more effort to grow a podcast audience compared to blogging because blogging depends on mainly on, on search engine optimization. Some technical knowledge is required to produce podcasts. More, It's more difficult for listeners to take the desired action. So, you know, at the end of every podcast or even doing a podcast, you will invite them to take the next action. Whereas if they're reading a blog post, the link is there and they can just click on it. Whereas with a podcast, they literally have to go to a device to enter in the URL that you're giving them to take that action. Podcasting is a newer medium compared to blogging. So that's a a bit of a disadvantage. The advantages of podcasting. Interviewing people can be a lot of fun. Writing amazing show notes can improve your podcast SEO. Potential clients connect with you better on a podcast compared to a blog. You get to be more creative on audio compared to written content. Depending on your show, less research time will be required compared to blogging. No need to spend six hours creating one episode. You can actually spend probably an hour creating it and then three hours editing it, but you can outsource that. Revenue can be generated via dynamic ads. Outsourcing the post-production is a common practice. So while podcasting may require more technical knowledge, it 
to get started, remember that if this is something that you can outsource depending on your available resources. So a blog versus a podcast, which one is right for you? Now that you have a fair overview of the similarities and differences between a blog versus a blog podcast, you need to take everything on board and look at your options. Before deciding on going on a blog or podcast, spend some time looking at the following considerations. How much time commitment do you have available each week? What is your monthly budget? Do you have sufficient resources to outsource some of the work? Have you considered your end goal? Is there an exit strategy in place? In terms of years, how do you want to run or how long do you want to run your blog or podcast? When do you want to generate a return on your investment? So how long you want to keep this thing going before you see or some, you know, generate some income from it. Sometimes you're able to work on it for a year, two years, three years before you can start seeing an income. And that's fine. You can do that. Or maybe you have you have a specific time constraint that you want to see income in 12 months. Otherwise, you abandon this project. How will you monetize the blog or podcast? While there are some people who decide to start a blog as a hobby and at some point, they may want to turn that blog into a business. I know that the feeling, that feeling when you're first getting started as you don't have the answers to many of the questions I outlined there. So depending on your situation, it may be easier to get just get started. In other cases, you'll need to calculate everything before buying a domain name. As someone who started over 100 blogs, I can tell you it is better to answer th- those questions I listed uh, before you even start a blog or a podcast. Your other option is to start a blog in a niche where you are passionate about the topic. And just for the record, this episode, this podcast that I started, as well as the blog, um, I started a blog as a podcast before, which then became both a blog and a podcast over time. So in other words, you can have both a blog and a podcast if that's something you desire to do. So starting a blog or a podcast is not an easy decision. I get it. For this reason, it is essential to have a sizable budget available if you want to run either one as a business. Don't spend your entire budget in the first year if you are unsure of your niche or your end goal. It is better to run it on a shoestring budget for one to two years until you know what direction you want to take your business. When it comes to blogging, you'll spend more time on hiring researchers, writers, and influencers. Maybe you'll need an editor in time as well. With podcasting, you'll spend more money on podcast editing, advertising, and outreach services. At the end of the day, you can run both a blog and a podcast if that is something you want to do. You can start with a blog and then start a podcast later on. Both a blog and podcast requires time, energy, resources, and a really good understanding of your audience. So over to you. Which one did you want or choose for your, your business? A blog or a podcast and why? Do leave your comments in the show notes. Whatever you do, remember to subscribe to the Success Unscramble podcast, where you'll be the first to hear what's happening in the entrepreneurial and digital marketing world. Your positive review of this particular podcast is vital to keeping it alive and running for the next 12 to 24 months. So please leave a five-star positive review for us on iTunes, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast players. The one thing I learned as an entrepreneur is that you generate income by solving big problems or challenges. So before you start your blog on a podcast, 
decide what big challenge or problem that you want to solve. I started this podcast because I had a burden in my heart to reduce woman illiteracy globally. Because this is a huge undertaking, I've decided to help 1,000 women over the next 10 years to become wildly successful in their online business through simplified marketing strategies. That way, we can build a strong business network of women who can donate 1% of their profit, and together we can help reduce women illiteracy worldwide. Would you like to be part of this movement? Shoot me an email using alvern at successunscrambled.com. That's it for today. Until next time, enjoy the rest of your day and the rest of your week. Bye for now.